This episode of the podcast is brought to you by From Within Records, Statement of Pride in Beskar, East Coast Tour, March 25th to March 27th. Hopefully you can make it. March 26th to the First Unitarian Church in Philly, From Within Records Showcase, Eco Strikes Last Show, which is bittersweet. I'm happy to be able to see them one last time, but I am really sad to see them hang it up. Amazing band, Payback, It Is What It Is, Record Release, Magnitude, Shackled, Simulacra, Worn, Burning Strong, Seed of Pain, Beskar, Almighty Watching, and Off the Tracks. If you haven't yet, please go pick up a ticket before it's too late. If you're not listening to the From Within Records podcast, I highly suggest you boot up your Spotify your Apple podcast, your Stitcher, whatever you use to listen to podcasts and go subscribe. Episode four just dropped the other day. I love what Jake Dylan and Carter are doing. So please support that podcast. If you're not following from within records on social media, go boot up your Twitter, your Instagram, click that follow button to stay up to date on all the current news. They just dropped a teaser image of the third once in unity comp and obviously i i hope they don't go with that image but it's kind of funny for anyone in the know they use the mugshot of one kain velasquez which at this point of recording we don't really have a whole lot more information uh was arrested for attempted murder uh he shot somebody which is pretty insane if you know his history and uh, who he is very shocking news to wake up to but uh, from within records did announce today that volume three news uh, announcement soon but stay up to date with all the current news by following them on social media and like i always say please support from within records because they support us if you need amazing merch printed please go hit up my friends over at Good Fortune Printing. You can follow them on Instagram at Good Fortune Printing. And you can email them at contact at goodfortuneprinting.com. They just posted on their Instagram uh, some of the One Step Closer merch that they just printed for them for their upcoming tour with Drug Church and Lurk. I'm very looking forward to picking up some of that when I see them. It chain reaction, but please support Good Fortune Printing out of Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania. On today's episode, we had to track down our good friend Olin. They play in a band called Ghost Fame, Mouth Breather, Broken Vow. It was fun for me to be able to sit down with Olin and talk to them about Ghost Fame. I'm very surprised that. Uh, at how professional they sound as a band. Uh, you should go listen to their new EP. Nobody wants to be here. Nobody wants to leave. It's uh, awesome stuff. And I'm very stoked and I have high hopes for that band They're Like I said, uh, they have this uh, professional sound. The music's awesome. I would love to see them live. So uh, please, if you're not familiar, click pause, go stream their EP and then come back here Listen to Olin and I talk about their upbringing, uh, everything going on with the band. It was so fun for me to be able to sit down to talk to Olin about all that stuff. So please 
strap in, enjoy this conversation. Without further ado, welcome Owen to the show. Welcome to the podcast, Olin. How's it going? Very great to be here right now. Uh, thanks for having me on, Jamie. No, uh, you're welcome. I'm, I'm happy that uh, you were down to do the podcast, especially while you're on the road. For, for people who are just listening or for people who are watching the video portion, you're uh, somewhere in America. Where are you actually right now, if you don't mind? I'm, in, uh, I'm in Dallas, Fort Worth, Texas right now on uh, about day 10 of tour with uh with my other band mouth breather and yeah no like when when we were talking about doing this i was like oh fuck i can probably do it from the road like it's it's doable we have the technology to make it happen but uh for anyone curious we're playing an auto shop tonight in uh in dallas it's a pretty cool diy spot so i'm outside there is a big oil container behind me Mm -hmm. i believe that's crazy. I uh, <laughs> I actually like those uh, kind of random venues because I, I feel like it, it makes like the whole experience a little more special. Uh, a couple months ago, I went in. Uh, I, I well, I, I flew to Pennsylvania to go to the One Step Closer record release show, and yeah, yeah. and it was uh, in Sweet Valley, but it was in this uh, like fire hall. Like they had to like legit move the fire trucks out of the garage to make space for the show. And I was looking around and I was talking to people and I'm like, dude, I was like, I don't think this is ever going to happen again. I don't know if they'll ever have another show here. So the fact that it's like one step closer is a record release um, and it's in this, uh, you know, spot that'll probably never happen again. I I think it just makes that whole experience that much more special. 100% because there's no way you can recreate that. Like, for instance, like back in Massachusetts, like we have this venue. I mean, it's like a typical place you do shows at, but it's the Bill Ricca Masonic Lodge. And it's like any band from there, there's been like done record release shows there and like Bane did theirs and it was the first one in like 10 years that they had done in that venue i believe so it's like those venues where not a lot happens and like something really special happens it kind of it makes it different than playing doing a show at whatever venue like for us it's like the palladium in massachusetts it's so much cooler when it's at like a, a little hole in the wall spot Mm-hmm. Yeah, it makes it a little more intimate, and yeah, and it just it makes it a fun memory because obviously uh, those like staple venues that you go to all the time, it's uh, you know it's cool to to have that. Those are really important, but when you're uh, you know going off to some random place for like a special occasion, it, it just adds on to like the, the allure of it all. Yeah, as a performer, I like it more too because I think that the people that come to these shows, there's something a little bit more. I, I don't know what it is. It's a little less 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 like a, a concert like I feel. Mm-hmm. If you know what I mean, like it's much cooler playing a spot like this than playing like some bar that is probably 21 up or 18 plus that people don't really want to be at. And I feel like a venue such as like I'm playing tonight, like people have more of a they can more feel like they want to be themselves mm-hmm. at the show, if that makes sense. And you mentioned you're uh, 10 days in on tour. How many dates are left? We have four after this. It's uh, this is our last. We did just did four Texas shows, and then 
Uh, tomorrow is Tulsa, Oklahoma, then Kansas City, and then we end in Chicago and get to go home finally. <laughs> That's wild. And uh, how's it been on the road? Are things been good or are you doing okay mentally? Because I know sometimes things can be like a little too taxing. You, know, you miss home, you miss your friends. Yeah, man. I mean, I, I was just talking to our bass player about it and we were talking about the first day of the tour, which was, like I said, like 10 days ago. And I was like, man, Detroit feels like that was like last year. It's, uh, I think there's many factors. Like I've, I've been on the road before, but never for like this amount of time. And it's really just being with the right people that keep your spirits up and not having somebody negative in the van wearing you down. I mean, luckily, like on this tour, we've been able to make enough to get a hotel every night and stuff, which is which is huge, honestly. Like getting a, a good night of sleep is so important. But I'd, I'd be lying to you if I wasn't super shot right now, <laughs> about ten days in. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I uh, appreciate uh, the the people like you who are willing to to go on tour because obviously I'm out here in California and I'm, uh, you know. Uh, blessed to be able to be in a spot where bands like want to travel to. So, uh, you know, so it's cool that uh, people are down to do that. Cause, like, cause I know it, it, it can be tough. I haven't been on like long tours, but to be able to pile in a van or a bus or whatever, and just be around the same people, uh, you know, for the majority of the day can get really exhausting. And on, on top of having to like, you know, you know do work, go out there and, and perform it, all of that, just like, you know, bundle up together can be exhausting. So, uh, you know, I, I appreciate that you're willing to do that. Cause I'm sure the people who are coming out, paying their hard earned money to see you guys, uh, are just as stoked. Yeah, I, I hope so. I, I think that like on that end, people, uh, like not every show has been like crazy, but there has been people that have come out that appreciate us coming to these cities and it's not, like some of the cities on this tour, for instance, aren't like the New York cities or Los Angeles's of the world. It's like, like we played Fort Wayne, Indiana, and that was like, but that was a crazy show. Like there mm. was a hundred kids there and people knew the words and stuff. So it's like, it's pretty barbaric. Like, I don't think my dad at 23 years old would have been like, I'm going to go tour like in a van, you know, <laughs> across the country, but I wouldn't have it any other way. You know, it's, uh, there's something about people that, do this that there's i don't know i don't want to say everybody's broken in their own way but for me definitely there's a uh, some screws missing <laughs> yeah but but also i i think it's really important too for just the scene in general because you're uh you know driving across the country playing these shows and you never know who's going to show up who you're going to inspire uh, and you know and some of those kids could uh, see your band live and be like damn i'm that was awesome. I want to do that. And then, uh, you know, uh, just by chance you kind of plant that seed and, uh, you can enrich some other scene. So I, yeah. I think like, just like the, the whole touring aspect and just getting out there and in playing those cities. Cause uh, yeah, it, it's awesome to, to come to the, uh, the, the more popular scenes, the more popular cities to do the, the, the crazy shows. But I think all the other scenes and cities in between, uh, are just as important. I, I agree. I think that, I mean, there's there's obviously fans spread out throughout the country. And like we were talking to somebody at the venue tonight who was like, oh, I'm moving to Alaska. And it's like, what bands go and tour Alaska? Like there's obviously people that like hardcore that live up there that mm -hmm. want to see shows. And so it's I feel like even though it's hard and not everybody wants to do tours where you're playing in smaller cities, it's cool to it's it's doing your fans a service in some way to be able to go to the place because people have driven from you know hours away to come see a show that's just close enough to their house and um 
it really puts it in perspective because, you know, back home, like I'm from Massachusetts and I mean, I live in Boston now, but you know, like the closest venue besides like the venues in Boston is like the Worcester Palladium, which is like an hour and a half from me. Like sometimes I'll be like, fuck man, I don't want to drive an hour and a half to go see this, but it's like, you have to, like the road trip is so, it's so important to see the bands you want to support the scene. hundred percent. Uh, growing up, I lived in the Palm Springs area and we had, we barely had a scene. So for us to, uh, to see like decent tours or a, a lot of the bigger active bands going on at that time, we had to drive uh, an hour and a half to Corona to get to the showcase theater or drive the two hours to get to the train reaction. Uh, so I, I, I appreciate, uh, the, the bands that were, you know, willing to play. Cause obviously like we had to you know, make that journey and I had to try to enjoy every moment cause it wasn't, you know, super close to us. Uh, but uh, in my later years now, I, I live in Orange County. So, uh, I lived like, you know, a, a good show's happening in like 30 minutes in any direction. Like last night, me and my buddy, we drove to chain reaction to see when's a plague. And I live like. Uh, 10 minutes from chain reaction and that's just taking yeah. city streets and, and and even though like things are so close and things are happening all the time i i, I try not to take those things for granted i always try to still go out and, and support and uh, you know try to uh, get to these shows as much as i can even though that journey is not as long as it used to be but i, I still appreciate the fact that that stuff's going on because i know that it's not um you know something easy like it, it, it takes work you know for, from like the idea of a show to you know getting it promoted to booking it to getting the band together like yeah there's just so much work that goes into those kind of things so even though it's less than 10 minutes versus the you know hour and a half two hours that i used to have to drive like i, I still try my best to, to to make it out to the majority of things yeah no it's it's equally as important like like i said like i live in boston now so it's probably the same thing for you living in orange county like there's just so much that's that's close to me and like I still feel the effort to go and see shows, like whether it's at like the Middle East or, you know, the Cambridge Elks Lodge, like there's always stuff that's going on. And like, I know that somebody drove like a long way to play that show and it's worth the while to, you know, go watch them and buy a shirt or whatever. And, you know, right now, like in Massachusetts, we've really had like a good resurgence, I think, post pandemic. And like every show's patched. There's a lot of kids there that like I didn't see at shows before the pandemic, which is really cool, which means they definitely got into hardcore during 2020 to 2021 and it's super cool to see yeah sometimes i, I imagine what's that like right like uh, imagine finding something like hardcore but not being able to like participate in the aspect of like going to the shows uh you know moshing singing along and I, i'm sure uh, that whole uh you know year and a half until shows started coming back i'm sure kids like you know grew to be really hungry and wanting to see what it's actually like to be there because i'm sure a lot of them consumed videos on the internet uh, watching youtube channels like feet first productions hate five six uh, and just being able to you know witness it that way, but then being able to go to something like that live and feeling that energy, I'm sure it made them really hungry to want to you know participate more. Yeah, it definitely shows because it's been like you know I, I love the Massachusetts scene, but I, I think before the pandemic there was definitely some stuff that was a little hit or miss. But it's like every show that happens now is fucking crazy, and like you know these kids like I'm 23, so like when I was when I started going to shows like before the pandemic, like I was the younger person. Now I'm a little older. And so like seeing people younger than me that are just going the fuck off at these things, it goes to show like they got into this and they really wanted that badly. That's so fucking cool. Okay. And uh, I I'm just curious for you, uh, where did you grow up and how did you get into hardcore? Yeah, man. So I I'm from 
uh, the South Shore, Massachusetts. I'm from a little small town called Hingham, Massachusetts, which is about like 45 minutes south of Boston. And uh, I think the first hardcore band I ever saw was probably Defeater, which is still like one of my favorite bands. Mm -hmm. And uh, because like growing up, like I was, I think as most of us were, like I was a total like metalcore pop punk kid, like went to Warped Tour, the whole thing. And um, uh, whenever I first started going to shows, I was probably 15. I went and saw August Burns Red and Bless the Fall at the Palladium and Defeater opened. And so that was like probably my introduction to, to hardcore. And like at the time, I didn't really know what hardcore was or like had any idea about it. So like to me, it was just like it was screaming music, you know. And like around that same time, I started going to local shows, which were all like pretty just kind of metalcore, like whatever, like uh, deathcore shows in Massachusetts. And I remember there was this one band that I liked and the drummer was wearing a Havard sweatshirt. And it said "Have Heart Boston Straight Edge" with like a bird on it, and like I don't know what it was about it, but it was it was aesthetically like different looking than like someone wearing like an Attila shirt at a show. So I, I went home and I listened to songs to "Scream at the Sun," and like that fucking blew my mind, like right out the gate. And around that same time, I think that same night, I listened to the the first title fight record, and so th- those were like my introductions to hardcore. Um, I. Like, at that time, like, I was 15, 16, like, I was still really into, like, you know, I loved, like, Taking Back Sunday, and I loved the used and, like, more, like, I guess, emo shit or whatever you want to call it. And uh, so hardcore definitely took me a little bit to grow into, but um, probably around my my freshman year of college was when I really started, like, taking a deep dive on bands. Um, And at that point, like, I was going to a lot more shows like that. Like, I remember seeing Jesus Peace play at the, this really small, like, venue in, uh, in Worcester called The Raven, which was, like, a total dive bar. And, and seeing that energy live and seeing how it was different from, like, a metalcore show or a pop punk show really grew on me. And uh, so that, that's kind of my introduction, I suppose. And at any point, did you realize that you were uh, basically a part of, like, this legendary hardcore scene? Because if you, you know, dig back to, like, the early days of Boston hardcore and realize, like, how influential uh, it was on just, like, the rest of the scene? Totally. I mean, I remember, like, like any band I would discover, like, I was super nerdy and into, like, finding out where bands were from and, like, just all that sort of shit. So, like, when I discovered Have Heart and a lot of the other bands, like, Verse and... All, like, all that shit like i would look up where they were from and i was like that's so crazy like they're from massachusetts like and like finding about converge and like american nightmare and all these bands like i i kind of knew from like right then that massachusetts had a very special hardcore scene and i still think to this day is like the best one ever maybe i'm a little biased saying that but i think that like if i had grown up somewhere else where we didn't have a scene as much of that i might have not been as inclined to really get into hardcore. I think that having older friends too, that really showed me good bands and showed me like, you know, videos and pictures of like what shows looked like back in the day, all that stuff really played into like my evolution in music and deciding that hardcore was like where I was going to lay my head. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, uh, it, it's, it's hard to argue uh you know about boston scene just because uh i feel like it, it, it's always been a strong scene there's always uh you know good bands coming from out of there i've been to a, a couple boston shows and it's just uh good vibes down there and i definitely appreciate 
uh, everything that, that's going on. Like, I'm still a huge fan of, uh, like, you know, Death Before Dishonor. They're doing yeah. a run with, like, a Year of the Knife and Cruel Hand coming up. Um, and, yeah, Have Heart. I, I feel like uh, more bands should kind of look at what that band has done because uh, from doing, like, a whole world tour and putting out just, like, you know, flawless records and not sticking around, uh, you know, uh, for too long, uh, I, I feel like they just did everything right, which is uh, really rare because th there's not that many other bands that I could think of that from start to finish was like, you know, just as good as them. 100%. Like, I feel like for Half Heart, for instance, like they really knew like when to hit it hard and when to get out. And it's like, there's no shitty album, their discography, you know, everything's perfect. And they, they called it at the time they wanted to before it dragged on for too long. And like, I'm I'm very thankful that that was like one of the first bands I discovered in hardcore because I still hold them in that standard of being like a perfect hardcore band to me mm -hmm. um, and being kind of what defines hardcore and like the straight edge stuff. And, you know, I'm not, I'm, I'm sober now, but like when I was 16 and like didn't want to do drugs and stuff like that was another huge thing was the straight edge movement. And I think that was the first time I found out about that um, was through have heart. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm sure it's rough, or it can be, uh, you know, surprising uh, being a, a teenager and finding a, a group of people that find it, you know, uh, cool to, to to not get drunk or do drugs. Yeah, very impossible. Yeah, no, trust In me. My experience. <laughs> yeah, uh, it, where I grew up, it was uh, so uh, different, right? I uh, kids used to try to like like bully me and like the like you know small handful of other straight edge kids that were around. So like, we definitely had to stick together to, you know, uh, keep our faith strong in that. Uh, and, and uh, you know, uh, things happen and, uh, you know, people sell out whatever, or I don't want to do it anymore, uh, which is fine. Like it doesn't really bother me like it used to. I'm one, I'm one of those people or was one of those people that sold out. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. It's, it's all good. Shit, shit happens. Um, but Okay, and I, 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 we haven't even talked about the, the, the main reason why you're here, and that's because um, you also play in another band called uh, Ghost Fame, which uh, yeah. I, I think is uh, uh, awesome, and I have like so many questions uh, you know, for you about the band. Uh, but, but before we get there, uh, you know, you're, you're discovering hardcore, but when was it when you first picked up an instrument? So I first picked up an instrument when I was about 10 years old, and... Uh, I was actually telling a friend about this the other day. Like I, when I was growing up, like I, I just played Legos and video games and stuff and like, wasn't really good at anything, you know? But, uh, when I got into music, like around that time and like was into fucking like shit like Daughtry and like Fall Out Boy and Lincoln Park, like I, uh, I remember I had like this weird, like kind of urge to start playing an instrument. And I, I talked to my dad one day and was like, I kind of want to play guitar. So I, I started playing at 10 years old and, I got like a, one of those kind of shitty, like Stratic, like Starcaster guitars at the Squire uh, with like the little practice amp from uh, my local music store. And the rest is kind of history from there. Like I, I started picking it up pretty fast. And like there were some years where I didn't really play as much because I was like more into skateboarding or whatever. But uh, that was my introduction to playing guitar it was from a pretty young age. And I'm 23 now, so I've been playing for more than half my life which is pretty scary for how bad i am <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of funny uh, but uh, what sparked that interest at 10 to to want to do something like music i really i really liked Jimi hendrix honestly and nirvana like i like i don't know when i was i guess i feel differently about that stuff now but when i was mm. 10 years old i was very impressionable and would, would listen to the, that music and 
and watch the videos and stuff. And I thought it was really cool. Like I really felt like there was something about that, that set those people apart in a weird way. It's still something like I try and figure out day to day, like why I still play guitar. Like I love it. Um, but it's, it was one of the first things I picked up that I felt like very comfortable with like identifying myself with, if that makes sense, because, you know, growing up, like, I came from like a town where everybody was playing sports or doing this or that. And I never really fit in with that as much. And guitar was like, it felt like my thing, like my own thing I could gravitate towards. And like immediately it sort of became something that I felt like I could express myself with in a weird way. Um, and like, I wasn't good by any means when I started playing, I was, you know, playing ACDC and Nirvana songs and what have you, but it felt different doing that as opposed to trying to do something that i didn't fit in with like i i would play basketball i try playing video games with friends and like none of that felt super genuine to me and guitar felt very genuine okay and you, you mentioned nirvana uh i'm curious that you know dave Grohl. he's still like a you know really big presence in the music scene he just did a uh, hot ones interview uh, i'm not sure if you care about him at all or oh, I, I love hot ones I, I didn't know he did one though that's cool yeah yeah it, it came out like a uh like last week and uh honestly like one of the better hot ones in like inter interviews that i've ever seen and just like his uh just the questions, the way he answered it, and just his presence, it, it was like a really good one. You should definitely check it out he's, if you have time. He's the fucking man. I, I'll definitely check that out. I, I had no idea. I mean, yeah, dude, Dave Grohl's the fucking man. Yeah. Dave Growl. <laughs> Super awesome. Okay. So you're, uh, you know, playing guitar uh, for, you know, uh, almost half your life. Uh, when is it that you start uh, your first band, and how did you meet the other members of Ghost Fame? So I guess like it's a pretty long story because Ghost Fame formed technically in 2017 uh -huh. and me and the singer and the drummer all had a band kind of throughout all of high school before that. Um, that was a really bad metalcore band. Uh, we were called Scatter My Ashes, which is a great name. Uh, it was just like As They Lay Dying, Parkway Drive type shit. But uh, so we had that band and that was like my first band and we started that our freshman year of high school uh -huh. and just like had a million name changes, member changes, stylistic changes. And uh, we started playing shows together probably our junior year of high school. And it was just like, we took what we could get, you know, like we were fucking dumb kids and nobody, nobody wanted to book us or which rightfully so we were terrible. Um, but on the first Ghost Fame EP, we have a song called Another Night, which is the last track on it. And I remember I wrote that song like my senior year and our friend who was producing our our old band at the time, I showed him that song and he was like, this song is really good. Like, you guys should write more stuff like this. And at that point, like, I had made the transition into liking more hardcore stuff and had moved away from more of the metalcore. And um, I remember we had a show booked um, under our old band name and we were going to get T-shirts printed for it. And we just fucking hated our band name so much. And... Uh, me and the singer we were like hey maybe we should like change our name so we went to the printing company and we were like hey so i think we're gonna do this t-shirt run but we want to change our band name is that cool and they were like yeah so we just went through like we got the name ghost fame from um a let live song which is still one of my favorite bands and like we spent a whole day just going through records 
that we had and trying to find a word that stuck. And that's, that was kind of the inception of it. And at that show we played, we had merch over at the table and we said on stage, we're, we're called ghost fame now. And then after our set, we flipped the shirts around and they had our name. And so that was, that was September of 2017, I believe. And that was kind of when things had first started for us officially, I suppose. Mm -hmm. Okay. So September, 2017 and how have things been uh, from then till now? Because obviously, like I'm like a newer fan. I I just found out about you guys yeah. like last month. Uh, so uh, you know, from the the name change and you guys wanting to uh, kind of uh, you know start fresh, uh, how has it been? It was definitely like I guess since that point, which is it's really crazy to think how long ago that was. It's been very gradual. Like we spent. I guess year by year, 2018 was really when we got out there and started playing. And like at that point, we really didn't have any music out. We had like a song out, I think. So we were just playing every weekend. Like we would, you know, we would play Massachusetts, we'd play New Hampshire, Rhode Island, and just kind of take every show we could get. And we'd, you know, I, I feel like our sound is like a little, we don't really fit in with many bands. So we would play hardcore shows, we'd play metalcore shows, we'd play like, pop punk shows rap shows like anything we could really get and so like that whole year we just we would play and that's kind of when we met a lot of our friends and a lot of friends i still have to this day was during that year and then we put out our first dp uh to all my past friends in uh march of 2019 and that was when we started to kind of like i guess feel more legitimate legitimate about it like we had music out we were starting to play shows that were a little bit bigger and um I think from then was when we started to really like, like our, our new EP that just came out, you know, we've been writing that since 2019. And uh, I think a common theme with the band is we've, we've written songs that have uh, taken a couple of years to come out, which is uh, not always ideal, but that's just kind of how music works. I, I feel like at this point in my life and um, you know, we, we've yet to do any serious touring, but, definitely from 2019 to the beginning of 2020 we were uh we were having a very good run in terms of shows and we really haven't done uh many live shows since the pandemic um but i think in the, the in the spring you can expect more of that in the the massachusetts area and when you guys uh, put out to all my past friends if you can remember what was their reception like uh, you know, especially after playing uh, all those different types of shows, I, I'm I'm curious to hear about th this rap show that uh, you played because <laughs> that does seem really out of place, which is fine because I, I I enjoyed mixed bills. There used to be something like that out out in L.A. where they would do a bunch of uh, you know rappers and they throw on a bunch of like hardcore bands. It was like those was a very interesting mix. Like uh, one year, I'm pretty sure if I can remember correctly, it was like uh, Soldier Boy played, Trash Talk played, and it was like just a wild night. That's fucking crazy. I, I, that reminds me of that. Uh, I forget what the name of it, of it is, but it's like something night out in L.A. Oh, no. Uh, yeah. yeah it's, uh, nature's world. Yeah, yeah. 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 I always see those flyers. I think that's it's so crazy. But yeah, that rap show we did was um, I, I mean, to be fair, there were other bands that were like hardcore metalcore that played. But uh, we played with this this guy named uh, Their Bones from Maine, who's pretty cool. Um, and it was like in vermont mm -hmm. which was super weird because it's just so far away but it was interesting like i love doing shit like that i think uh i'm a really big fan of playing shows where we're you know the heaviest band on it or where nothing really sounds alike i feel like you know it's post pandemic that's something that needs to be celebrated a little bit more 
but uh to, to answer your question about the the reception like it was really weird because that was like the first piece of music i've ever really put out and um it was really i mean it, it grew pretty like slowly at first i would say but the the coolest thing about putting out that ep was like i said we had played so many shows and, and met people and it was a weird thing because we sounded very different from a lot of bands we were playing with so it's like you know we'd have friends who would come to the shows and who were in other bands but i really didn't know if they loved ghost fame and seeing people that like i respected or that i didn't really know like on a friendship level like share the band or like listen to it was was really cool like that was something that i hadn't experienced in my life before and like that ep like i said we had been sitting on it for a long time like we we recorded it at the end of 2017 i believe and it was just a whole shit show trying to get it together so when it was finally out it felt very surreal to to have it out in the world and um for people to really to like the songs like we don't really like i was 18 when i wrote that ep so we don't really play a lot of those songs anymore but uh, one song we do play still is the first track off it, Manipulate. And I remember playing that song live, like that song started to get a reaction where people would take the mic and stuff at the end. And that was like a feeling that always stuck with me. Um, just because after playing shows for many years and people kind of just sitting in the back or whatever, it, it, it never gets old when somebody's singing your words back to you. Hundred percent. And uh, twenty seventeen, you, you finished recording that EP. Why did it take two years to to put it out? Because I see, I feel like that seems like an awfully long time. Yeah. And, uh, I, I, it's just uh, in this day and age where you could, uh, you know, finish recording and have it up in you know the, the next hour. So for it to take two years, I'm I'm just really curious. Like, what kind of obstacles did all of you face with that? Oh man, I I don't want to talk shit about our old producer because he's he's a good friend of mine. But okay, it, it was just like basically what happened was we were like it, it was hard to schedule it because like we were going to college like it was we could record on certain weekends so it was like anytime we could get in the studio we'd get like maybe a song done and i think that towards the end like we had like maybe a song left of vocals to do and then like a few odds and ends stuff to re-record and um the studio we were recording out of shut down and so we had to relocate and it was really hard at the time to, to find somewhere to go to and like our producer was in a band that was on tour so there was just all these things kind of adding up and then it like became a thing where we were sitting it for so, sitting on it for so long we were we were like fuck it like let's re-record the guitars like this sounds so much better if we do it this way and it was just a matter of getting it perfect and then ultimately what happened was we were waiting to get mixes back and our friend who had recorded it was sending us mixes and we were like yeah, we're not really happy with these. So we reached out to another friend to mix it. And so it was kind of just roadblock after roadblock. Um, and yeah, I, I know it sounds insane on paper to say it took two years. And like, I think about that to this day and I'm like, fuck, like it's, it's so crazy that it took that long, but mm -hmm. I think it was worth it. And like I said, like it's, it's a, it's a release that I look, I guess I look fondly back on it because I was much much uh less mature my music like ability writing if that is a word mm -hmm. um but no i mean i i think that uh geez I, I lost my train of thought essentially like it's just 
it, I'm happy that we took the time that we took on it because I think we got it as good as we could get it. And, you know, it, it's, it is, it's, it is what it is at this point. <laughs> For sure. No, yeah. I, I feel like maybe after like year one, you'd be like, all right, we got to stick this out. We've we already waited one year. Uh, we, we yeah. See it to the end. But no, that, that, that that's awesome that you're able to uh, get it all together and uh, have it the way you want. Because obviously, uh, all of you could have just uh, kind of thrown in the towel and been like okay with those mixes that you actually didn't like. So the fact that you uh, still wanted to to have it your way, I, I'm I'm happy that you guys stuck it through. Um, even if it took that that long of a time, because I, I feel like once you put it out there, yeah, you can go back and do like a re-release or a remix or whatever. But it's like you, you kind of only get like one chance at like a first impression. 100% and like it was one of those things where we were just so eager to get it out too where like mm-hmm. there were thoughts in my mind where I was like man like we could write better songs than this but I think that for where we were at the time like it, it was a release that was I, I guess in a way like coming from where we were before in our old metalcore band like the songs that we wrote weren't really songs in my opinion and so like those five songs like even if they're not my favorite things I've done like they still felt like a step in the direction that I wanted to take the band, mm-hmm. which I feel like we've we've finally got to now with with the new release. But it, it was just one of those things where you're not always going to put out your best stuff first. And even though it is like an impressionable thing, like we're we were a band that knew but nobody knew at the time, and still in some ways are. So it's like we just had to put something out there in the world and see if people latched onto it because we believed in the songs mm-hmm. and we felt like holding off any longer like we could have just started writing new stuff which is pretty much what we did after we released that ep and those uh, two years um, from 2017 to 2019 like how active uh was the band in, in going out there and playing shows we were playing like pretty much every weekend at that point i think i mean there was i remember the month of june we probably played like 10 shows which is stupid because they were all they're all in massachusetts and new hampshire but I mean, we were we were probably from April until December, just getting out there and playing every weekend and taking every show we got offered. Like we just we didn't say no to anything. And I think a lot of that was in our band before that. We were just so eager to play, and it was hard to get on shows because we were such a bad band. But it was like once we got acquainted with the local scene better and had friends who were willing to put us on shows, we just we couldn't refuse. And uh, I think more than anything, we wanted to spread the word of the music, and we really, I, at the, I really believed in what we were doing, and I just wanted as many people to hear it as possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I feel like that's one way to, to to go about it, right? Is just going out there and just um, hitting the pavement and just uh, getting in front of people because. Uh, playing those shows and getting uh, people to watch you live, even if the crowds aren't going off, uh, and you you know consistently play. That's how um, you get people to kind of pay attention, and then if they like the music, they'll go and tell their friends, and then it's just like this uh, slow snowball effect. One hundred percent. I feel like that's kind of how it works for us. And you know, I, I looked, I look back on those shows, and I really don't regret any of them, even if some of them weren't as great, because. Like the truth is that every show we at least met like one new person that became a friend of ours or we played with a band that ended up being really good friends down the line. And there's just there's so many things we learned within those two years about how to do the band that by the time we had music out and we're playing bigger shows to more people, it really we felt more seasoned in a way. Mm. And I don't think we would have had that 
had we just kind of waited to play. And, and that's the thing now. It's like if I was to start a new band tomorrow, I wouldn't want to play until we had a release out. But the way that we did it, I think it did help us in just getting the word across to our friends and, and really just, I think playing shows, if anything, it connects you to your local scene. And, you know, if your band name is on flyers, people are going to see it and it's going to be helpful if you're getting out there. 100%. And you mentioned you started writing, uh, you know, songs in 2019 uh, you know, that eventually ended up on the new record. Uh, how long did you guys take to write the, the new record and how many songs did you actually uh, come up with uh, or were there any that didn't make the record? Yeah, so uh, there was like some ideas that didn't make the record. I, as far as full songs, it's pretty much. So, so I guess to to kind of talk about that, the first song I wrote for it was uh, "Departing Words," the second track, and we did a record release show for "To All My Past Friends" in June of 2019, and that was the first time we had played that song, and um, everything else was written, I guess, mostly during the pandemic. Um, some of the other songs, like Scenes from a Marriage and Death Follows, I had written in the fall of 2019. Like, that was kind of the, that, those were like the first songs I wrote when we were trying to get into the initial writing process. And then um, the other three songs I wrote during the pandemic, um, I guess it took long because, for one, we were, we were in a pandemic and it was hard to meet up and practice. Um, I guess what's crazy is that we started demoing the songs for that uh, in August of 2020. And then we didn't record it until June of last year. So that, that process took really long because for me, I really got in my head about the songs we were writing during COVID. And like, I think like for this release, the, the good thing was we knew exactly what we wanted. Like we knew we wanted six songs. We knew we wanted it to be a little heavier than the last release. And we knew we wanted to do some stuff that was a little different at the same time. And so having the songs that we did, like I fucking really got in my head during uh, the writing process for this and felt like I couldn't write songs. Like it was, it was a, I was a mess <laughs> during COVID. Um, so there were a, a good amount of songs that I had written that I had sent to the guys and been like, Hey, like, this is the last song that's going on the EP. And then like, it was entirely scrapped because it just wasn't worth it. Um, I think we had talked about doing a release where we maybe release some of the B sides from that, but the six songs that are on there were the ones we felt the most like content about and the most complete and that they all had a place on the record. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Uh, not every band made it out of the the pandemic. There are some bands that even to this day that I still haven't heard from. So I'm happy that even though you were uh, in your head, uh, the the whole band was able to uh, put it together and uh, put out this record because uh, you could have easily, uh, you know, gave in and just not done anything because uh, that, that was a rough year for everybody. Yeah, it was really hard. And I, I definitely think there are points for a lot of us throughout that. Um, but like I said, like, like the songs that I had written, like there was something about them. They all felt complete. And I felt like there would be, I'd be doing a disservice to myself if these songs weren't recorded and put out into the world. Um, like we had, we had started demoing them during the summer of 2020. And like, by that point, things had started to kind of like pick up again. Like I was going and seeing friends throughout the pandemic and 
I guess doing more normal things, but at the same time, like shows weren't happening. It, it really didn't feel like the band was gaining any momentum because it was just, everything was on hold at that point. But I, I really wanted the songs to see the light of day, um, despite not being able to play them live yet or what have you. Mm-hmm. And, and as far as uh, 2020, uh, obviously you had the EP come out in 2019 uh, and you got, you just had to put everything on pause. Uh, did you want to do anything to try to stay uh, active as a band throughout the pandemic? Or did you guys just uh, kind of, uh, you know, just chill out and just kind of waited to uh, this thing kind of, uh, you know, got better? Yeah, you know, it, it was really hard because it, it was a time where I feel like we, we definitely want to remain active and we wanted to still get the word about out about Ghost Fame, but it was really you know, a lot of bands were doing live streams and stuff and it almost felt like everything like that was a, a guinea pig type situation. And we really just didn't know what to do because it was so new to everybody. And like, we, we put out a song in May of 2020 and that was about the only thing we had done for that whole year as far as like on the, the more public side of the band. And yeah, like we, we wanted to, to do stuff, but it was just like, we had been like i said like we've been playing shows for so long that and, and playing so frequently that we didn't really know what else to do other than that like that was that was sort of our way of spreading the word about the band was just getting out there and playing live so you know a lot of bands resorted to social media and trying to find other ways to engage with people and that was something that we had a pretty hard time trying to to deal with i won't lie just because it was still such a new thing that there was there weren't many examples to lead by in that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, I was just uh, you know sitting back and just seeing how bands were uh, you know doing it. Obviously, th- th- there were a bunch of bands who who did live streams, uh, and I definitely uh, enjoyed some of them. Uh, but then I, I just saw some other bands who were like, "All right, cool, like w- we can't play shows." Let's just uh, kind of fall back. Let's write music and try to time it right. And, uh, you know, I, I don't think anyone, uh, you know, I don't think either option was right or wrong. It, it, it was different for every band. So it, it was definitely an interesting time. And uh, obviously, uh, you know, COVID's still around, but, uh, it, you know, not everyone's locked down. Uh, and, uh, you know, it wasn't as bad as it was back in 2020. So um, it, it, it's nice to see that bands are just able to uh, kind of be more free, go on tour. And, and you know, play on uh, you know these new records that they have written. So it's definitely a, a way better time now versus back then. Yeah, I mean, you know, there's at least the option now, I guess, to go out and tour. Obviously, there's still a big risk, and it's you know, it, I, I was out on the road with Broken Bow back in January, and like they had to cancel their whole tour before that. So it's definitely still a thing where like even in Massachusetts, like we were getting a lot of shows canceled. Like we there was a Citizen concert that got rescheduled like three times. So it's definitely still like something that is, I guess, uh, a problem and something that should be taken seriously. But I guess the difference now is, is that like there has been like a comeback since the pandemic. And mm-hmm. I think people that really like care about music have gone to shows or played shows and it feels really great. There's <laughs> it's, it's much better than the past two years. hundred <laughs> sure. percent. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, I, I was at the uh, this arena in LA called the Forum, and it was sold out. Uh, and I was like, "Oh, this is crazy that uh, you know this many people." Because like th- there was like uh, you either had to have um, a proof of vaccination or a negative test within like the seventy two hours of the show. 
So yeah. I was like, this is crazy that we're here in this like giant arena and it's sold out and there's so many people like it, it was kind of a trip because uh, I was like looking around and I'm like, damn, there's so many people in here. I didn't think we'd ever be able to do this again. It's still something that really, in a way, fucks with my head because like generally I'm somebody, even though I, I love music and, and playing shows and going to shows, like I get a lot of anxiety around big groups of people mm-hmm. and like coming back to that after COVID was such a weird thing and being at shows that are packed to the brim it's it's still something that is super weird to me um and like i i went down to fya back in january and like being in a room with that many people was so it was so alien to me just mm-hmm. because like my social my uh my social meter is still like worn off from the past two years to be around that many people again is such a weird feeling Wow. Uh, you're the first person that I've talked to since FYA that was there that I didn't get to meet. So that actually makes me kind of uh, bummed out that we were in the same place and I had no idea. I know. There was, there was a bunch of people that were at FYA that I, I met afterwards. And I was mm-hmm. like, fuck, like, if only I had known you back then. Yeah. And it, it's crazy, too. Yeah, because there's just so many people that showed up to that. And, um, you know, obviously, like I only knew like a handful of people there. Uh, so it, it's crazy that you and I were uh, in the same building and had no idea that we existed. Yeah, that's crazy. Uh, that, was, that was such an awesome time, too. Yeah, for real. Yeah, uh, to, to 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 bring it back and to have so many people, uh, you know, come out and, and support and have a good time. I feel like that's like the most important thing that so many people showed up and had a good time. The the, the fest was awesome. So many awesome bands. Uh, I, I, I had a great time. I, I was happy to have been able to, to be back there. Um, but I'm curious for you. Uh, did you have a favorite set? Oh fuck, that's a. I really liked the ones up closer set. Okay. Probably the most out of the whole weekend, and I, I love them a lot of hardcore. Obviously, that one was was really awesome. The magnitude set too was really like I I've seen them before, but there was something really like magical about that set mm-hmm. where like I feel like they've they've gone to a new level now, and just seeing them play that weekend was something so special. Um, and obviously, like I think everybody can speak on it, but the Turnstile set was was really awesome. You know, I, I went down there with my girlfriend, and that's like her favorite band. And getting to watch that with her in that room with so many people was just like the the crowd reaction and the performance to that was uh was really special. Yeah, for for them to to headline the the last day of the fest and to 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 have so many people still be there. And to go off for them that late in the night because, uh, you know, a lot of the times people be like, oh, cool, like headlining band sick, but I want to go back to my Airbnb, my hotel, my house, whatever, and just sleep. Yeah. But for Turnstile to, to to be there, especially during this time of Turnstile, right, they're uh, getting uh, bigger, uh, you know, every day they're on tour right now for um, their their new record. Uh, you, you saw that Demi Lovato was posting pictures with them, talking about how they're really, really? yeah. She went That's to crazy. Uh, the, uh, their LA show and posted like a, a bunch of videos on her Instagram story, and then uh, took a photo with uh, everybody in the band except for uh, Franz. I don't know where uh, Franz was, but uh, posted a picture and saying, "Oh, uh, uh, thank you, Turnstile, my favorite band." And you got to think Demi Lovato, just that bit of exposure on Instagram. Uh, I, I was looking, I was like, I'm, I'm kind of curious how many followers Demi Lovato has. And it was like over like a hundred million. So you think about yeah, like just that kind of reach. It's insane. Like, yeah. And, and I, I still say like, yeah, that band is amazing. They can't be stopped. They're just getting, they're, they're always getting bigger and, and doing better stuff. So shout out to Turnstile. What, what a great band to represent hardcore too. Like for real. I, I think that 
like out of the bands that are definitely bigger that are getting more like exposure like there's 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 many there's not many other bands i would want to represent the genre than them like i think they're doing such a good job of what they do and Mm -hmm. that's so cool i had no idea about that yeah after this go pull it up on instagram it's crazy um but yeah uh, very awesome band uh and and yeah because i i feel like uh uh, you know even though they they have some like heavy songs they're like way more uh like friendly to like the outside uh you know uh section of the world because like obviously a hardcore notes turn style loves turn style but for everybody on the outside looking in um i i feel like it's easier for them to get into something like that where they don't have to worry about like mosh heavy stuff or getting hit or hurt at a show totally and like the cool thing about it too is that they have those songs that are still more accessible, but like even on the new record, there's some, there's some mosh parts. There's some, there's some riffs for sure. Like it still gets heavy, mm-hmm. but it's just like a perfect blend of all that. Yeah. A super rare band. And I'm just happy to be like active and around while they're doing their thing. Cause these bands don't come around that often. Cause I've been in the hardcore for a long time and uh, it's not that often we get a band like this yeah no not at all it's 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 an anomaly if you will mm-hmm. so uh support that band and i and i know people get on them uh, uh say they're they're not a hardcore band or whatever blah 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 and it, it, it's fine i don't care um i'm still gonna support them because i'm a huge fan and i um have, have liked them since the the demo and i just want to want the best for them because they i feel like they're showing everybody that uh that there's really no ceiling to what uh you know hardcore bands can do 100% like there's really I can't think of many other bands that have done what they've done and it's I mean they're probably like if you look at their monthly listeners on Spotify they probably have like 800,000 or a million or something like it's it's crazy like there's nothing that's been that big that's coming out of the genre and I mean what a time to witness a band like that too it's mm-hmm. it's very rare like I've been into hardcore for I mean, probably seven years now. And it's like, I've never seen anything like that. Like obviously Turnstile has been a band during that time, but it's, it's almost cooler than like the exposure code orange has gotten or like other bands. Like there's something so unique about what that band has pulled that I've never seen anything like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's, it's crazy. And it's cool. Cause, uh, like who knows how long it's going to last too right not to be like too negative or anything but uh like every band has their time to hang it up or whatever uh and i just want to tell everybody if you're even like the slightest slightest bit interested in turnstile just go out and see them because this you know they they could call it uh, you know a day after this tour who knows just uh, go out there and support them all you can because they're they may they may not always be around yeah no for sure i mean and catch them while they're like riding this wave that they are right now, because I feel like now is the time to see them. Like obviously bands like stay together and if they don't break up, they can have their, their ups and downs. But mm-hmm. right now they're on such a huge upswing that it's like, like go see their tour that they're doing right now with citizen and ceremony and Akulu's on that too. Right. Yeah. They just got on, I think like today. Yeah. That's going to be such an awesome show. That's, that's coming to Worcester and I'm going to go see it. And, I'm very excited. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah, it it just came through uh, California um, last week, uh, and it's crazy. Uh, but but getting back to to to, to your record, so uh, you, you, uh, 2020 happens, uh, and uh, 2021 was there ever a thought of uh, putting out the the EP that you uh, you just put out? Yeah. So I mean, it was 
like I said, we had recorded it in June, and a lot of that was kind of timing with COVID, certain members not feeling super comfortable with meeting up right away. And really what happened was we wanted to put it out in 2021 just because I feel like, you know, bands usually put out records every two years. And it was, um, again, it was it was a sort of thing where it just took a while to get it together. And a lot of us had other stuff going on. Um, we had we'd done the initial recording for it in June, but had to go back into the studio and fix a few things up in August. So it just kind of kept getting delayed here and there. And it was our original plan to put it out in the fall, but same thing with the first EP. Like we really, especially with this release, we really wanted to make sure that it was to our standard and that we weren't going to put out something that was half-assed or that wasn't the way we wanted it. Um, So I'm, I'm glad we waited as long as we did and even though it's three years in between a release like the way i look at it is this is sort of a fresh start for us and um it's come out like i feel like at a good time for the band where like we plan on ramping up the uh this sort of um what's the word i'm looking for like, we, we plan on doing a lot more shows on this release just because we're very happy with how it came out and like mm. playing the songs um so yeah, it's just the sort of same thing where we've we've always been like like a lot of us, you know, last year we're we're graduating college and had other jobs, other music stuff going on. So, you know, stuff kind of got in the way, but we really we just wanted to make sure that it came out the way that we wanted it to. Yeah, and if I'm being honest, when I first listened to the the new EP, Nobody Wants to Be Here, Nobody Wants to Leave, um the, the the one thing that really stood out to me was uh that just the the songs like the song structured everything just sounded so professional and i'm like who are these uh you know people that are doing this band that i haven't even heard of and like how are they sounding so good like so early on and um you know and this is now like hearing uh, you speak and uh talking about how uh the majority of you have been playing a band together since high school i'm like okay that makes sense uh, uh, as musicians i'm sure you guys uh, know each other really well we do. I, I really appreciate that too. And you know, a lot of it is just, like I said, like we've been playing together for such a long time and me and our drummer, you know, we, we just, I, I remember when we were leading up to the, to the writing sessions or recording sessions, rather, we would just meet up. Like he lived half an hour away from me at the time. Like mm-hmm. we would just meet up every day and practice. And, you know, he's somebody that I can really bounce ideas off of. And he's such a fucking good drummer that, you know, he can play the the parts that fit what should be played. And in my opinion, that's like one of the most crucial things to any kind of music, especially hardcore, is having a good drummer. And um, a lot of it had to do with like being in lockdown and just like really sitting down with the songs and thinking like, OK, like, does this part make sense here? Does this part make sense? And like, I really I really drove myself crazy with it. <laughs> I won't lie to you. Um I would I would get my guitar out and wake up and I'd play through the songs and I'd really just like, you know, nitpick each single part and little chords and, and notes here and there, make sure that I was playing what I felt like was going to be the best for the song. And I mean, list, looking back at it now and since recording, it was like doing that made the recording process very easy just because like there really weren't any like I guess when some bands go into the studio and, and definitely with two of my past friends, there was 
a lot of writing that was done like in the studio and a lot of like tweaking and stuff. But when we went in to record the record, like really nothing changed from the demos, if I'm being honest. Yeah, that's that's awesome. It, it seems like uh, all of you went in there really prepared, and I, I, I know there can be last minute changes or whatever. But uh, to to keep it all together and hearing the final product, like I said, like when I listened to it through, I was like, man, uh, this band sounds so professional. And, and that's not like a like a diss or, or anything. I, I like I'm impressed. Like I'm I'm stoked that I this really like yeah that. That, like yeah the, the sound is just like it's it, to me just when I hear it, I'm like okay, like these guys like actually know what they're doing, what they want. And I have to give a lot of that credit to, you know, our producers, uh, Jay, who was in Defeater, and then um, Nick Cates, who drums in Mouth Breather with me. Like, those two really helped us sound the way that we wanted to. Like, we had the songs written, but, I mean, the two of them with their experience, like, they're just, they're some of the best people I've worked with musically, and they really helped bring the record together. And um, that was another one of the things that, like, throughout my doubts about music throughout the pandemic like we knew we were going to do the record with them beforehand and i really wanted to hear how our songs would sound through their filter and um i mean jay's produced like some of my favorite bands like he was in defeater obviously but you know he did the carrier he did verse he did uh like title fight like he's done so much great shit that you know with him and then also nick who i have to give a lot of credit to we just had the best possible team going into making the record where you know, they weren't going to put their name on something that was dog shit, you know, like mm. they really, we really had like put our faith in them to tell us if a part should be done a different way or if it should, this should be that. Like uh, one of the songs in Morning, I, I remember specifically, there was one part that we had and like, I, I've gotten better with, you know, when I, when I first started writing music, I was definitely like, this is my song, like no one's going to change it, but. I really encourage bands that are in the studio when working with producers to listen to what producers have to say, because I mean, that's why you hire somebody like that in the first place is to really, you know, have an extra set of ears on it and tell you what will make the song better. Um, so a lot of that really went into making the, I guess, more professional sound. And, and that was really our goal to get out of it ultimately. Um, the way that I looked at it was, and, and granted, Ghost Fame is a local band, but um, to all my past friends, very, to me, sounded like a, a local band release, whereas with this release, we wanted to make it appeal to people that really just listen to music and, like, wanted to make it sound more, I guess professional is the word. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, no uh, you did a great job, and I, I think I, I, listening to it, I'm not going to be the only one that can hear that coming through. I really appreciate that. That that means the world to us. We uh we worked very hard on it, so mm -hmm. you know. Yeah, no, it, it, it shows, and I'm happy that uh, as a band, all of you care that much about the music because uh, you, you know sometimes people just be like, oh yeah, that's good enough. Let's just put it out. But for you to just be so like um you know very just like you know paying attention to the fine details and having a, a great team behind you and um you know them having that same care and wanting to see the best out of all of you, I, I think that's all really important. Totally. I think part of that, like, just came from experience. Like, this was genuinely, genuinely the first release that we had done where we really, like, as we were recording it, we were very satisfied and knew that it would come out the way that we wanted to. And um, I think that it's something bands learn over time where, you know, you go back and listen to recordings and you always think this could be done better. And I think the goal always moving forward is to just, it's, it's hard to truly satisfy yourself. 
but I think getting to the point where you can become as satisfied as possible with your own music is, is the goal. And, um, you know, everybody in a band will say that they listen to their own music, like on their own time. And, you know, with some of the older stuff, like that was definitely something that, um, I grew sick of our records over time, but this one, I still feel like I could listen to it and feel very, very proud of it in a way. Okay. And for the first single, uh, scenes from a marriage, uh, how did, uh, all of you land on that one as being the single and shooting the, the, the music video for it? Yeah, we, um, so the, the whole idea for that being the single, cause we had that in departing words, which you put out beforehand. And, um, you know, we had a concept for like our video guy, Jesse, um, he's the fucking man. Like he's somebody that is very much like a sixth member of the band and has always helped out visually with us. And, um, we sent him that song we, we told him we were like, we really want like a, a music video for this that kind of speaks to, uh, what's going on right now uh politically and something that speaks to the message of the song and um we we just liked that song a lot honestly and it was we knew it was gonna be the first track on the record and i think that i we, we liked the idea of putting out the first song because when the record would come out people would hopefully have heard that one before mm -hmm. um and it was just something that i felt like really represented what the the band sounded like um i think like i love i think a lot of the songs on the ep do represent what ghost fame is about but i feel like scenes from marriage really just has like all of the parts that make our band what we are okay and i'm curious were any of you on set when they were doing the shoots with the family uh we were not i think i was supposed to be there and then something happened i think i had work or something but uh no, that was those are just all like actors that our, our video guy had, had uh, hired and he, he shot it out of his house and he bought a bunch of uh, American flag, you know, stuff to, to put up and mm. make it look like a American home, I suppose. Okay, that was a question that I had. I was like, is that like what was that set just dressed like that or is that how it normally was? But okay, that, that, that's uh, funny to hear that. Yeah, it's not always like that. And the, and the reason why I was asking about if any of you were on set, because I'm curious about like the, the, the dinner scene or the lunch scene, because uh, I'm curious, about, like, what, did they eat the food or what happened to the food? Because I'm just so curious about that. Yeah. So, um, and that's that was something I remember because our video guy, Jesse, had this, this vision and we were all kind of going back and forth with him over like uh, the whole idea of the video was like, because actually there's a um, there's a he, he also did a little short film along with it with the same actors that. I think eventually we're going to plan on releasing. Mm -hmm. okay. um, but the whole the whole kind of point of it was um, one of the act one of the actresses had a friend that came over that was a little bit more, I guess the words alternative and had had parents that were more I guess traditional in their beliefs. Mm -hmm. So the whole the whole point of it was bringing a friend over to your house that your parents kind of judge and uh, don't accept, which I think speaks to a lot of you know like. A lot of us in the band and i'm sure many people can relate to this like we have family family members that are like that and can be judgmental over not subscribing to the norm of uh i guess what society expects and so you know with like the one scene and all that like we wanted to make that look like it was kind of just like a like a fight like in the short film which i hope we release soon um it was kind of just like the dad's arguing with the the daughter and kind of making snide remarks at her friend and then he uh 
there's just a big fight that happens. <laughs> and uh, so I, I watched the video and uh, the, the credits roll and one of the person's names blurred out. Was that uh, for like legal reasons or do they just not want to? I forget uh, how that happened. I remember um, when we put out the video, um, you know, our, our video guy, Jesse, had hit me up and was like, oh, I forgot to credit somebody. Uh, I'm going to go on YouTube and edit it. So I'm actually not too sure about that. It, mm. it could be something to do with legal reasons. Um, but I'd have to ask him about that. I'm not entirely sure. And you mentioned uh, Jesse uh, Dampolo. Is that how you pronounce it? Yeah, Jesse Dampolo. Uh, I mentioned uh, you know, uh, practically sixth member of the band. Uh, how did uh, all of you meet or uh, like what's Jesse's role? Yeah, Jesse's. So we met him because he was just doing videos for a lot of local bands in Massachusetts. And we had a friend who had done a video with him once. And he was like, hey, you should hit up Jesse to do your, your next music video. And so our first music video we did was for our song stay off to all my past friends. Mm-hmm. And we just kind of were like, Hey, we want to do a video for this. And we had him come over to um, our house at the time where some of us lived and he just shot the video. We had never met him before. Jesse's uh, he's like about 10 years older than us. Like he's definitely like, he came up in the Massachusetts hardcore scene. And uh, ever since then we just became really good friends with him. And he was somebody that we, really trusted to carry on the vision of our band um and you know a a lot of it was just he had a really great knowledge on music and the direction our band was going in like i feel like sometimes people that we've ended up working with in the past don't truly understand what ghost fame is about but you know he grew up like seeing being friends with like the carrier and he knew you know people in defeater and all these bands we looked up to and he really understood the vision of the band and, and still does. And like, he's somebody we'll always work with and he's done three videos for us so far. And I, he's somebody that I'll always vouch for if you're in the new England area to do a music video. He's just, he's the fucking best. All right. Well, yeah. Shout out. Shoot the J productions. Uh, yeah. Go, shout go, out. go give Jesse some work. Um, and one thing that, that I really like that um, you've been putting out on your YouTube is the uh, ghost fame studio update. I, I know it's been a couple weeks since the last one. Uh, whose idea was it to, to film those and will there be more? Yeah, there, there should be. That was all Jesse's idea. We, uh, when we were going into making the record, like we had kind of talked to them about music videos we wanted and stuff. And um, I, I forget who presented the idea to who, but he just was like, Hey, I'll film like your studio updates. I'll film stuff. So you guys have like content while you're in the studio. And um, I mean, he came every day. Uh, he's really good friends with, with JR producer and, and Nick as well. So it was, it was really cool to have him there also because he was like, in another way, like I said, he's a sixth member of the band. Like he was somebody that we were really willing to have along for the ride while we were making the record. And um, yeah, I, I guess I'll say we have we have a music video for one of the songs that has a lot of that footage that we should be putting out pretty soon. And there should be more studio updates coming out. We kind of just we're putting them out sporadically. Um, whenever he would finish editing them, we didn't have like a super crazy plan or anything, but. Um, yeah, no, that was something that we really were happy about doing just because growing up, like being into different bands, like, you know, one of my favorite bands in middle school was like A Day to Remember. And I, re- I remember they had studio updates that were fucking hilarious for all their albums. And like, 
having him along to be able to capture like what we were doing was just it was really awesome because I, I watched that footage and it reminds me of that week we spent in the studio and it's it brings back very fond memories. I don't think a lot of bands realize how valuable that kind of stuff is because I, I I watch a lot of YouTube and I, I know vlogging can uh, seem corny or whatever. But when I uh, you know follow uh, these like K-pop groups and they post just you know stuff from behind the scenes of like that era of like you know leading up to like promotions of like the album that they're promoting or their newest single. I, I eat it up. I'm like, oh, this is awesome because, like, obviously, like, I love the music, but the fact that I get these behind the scenes and see these little tidbits and get to see like some per- some more personality, I, yeah. I think it's awesome. So the the, the fact that and, and you know the the two that um, you put out, uh, they're only two minutes long. I wish they were longer. I was like, man, this is awesome. This is cool. Uh, I, I I really appreciate. It. I think it's fun, and I'm I'm surprised that more bands don't take ad- advantage of that, especially how easy it, it can be to to do something like that. For sure. I really appreciate that. Like, I think that uh, it was always an extra step for me, like growing up watching stuff like that, because it just I felt that more connected to the bands that I liked. And like, as much as I love the music from bands, like I I feel like getting to know those personalities and getting to see what they look like when they're not on stage is such a huge thing. And it humanizes the people that you look up to more in a way. And yeah, like I, uh, I would encourage bands to do stuff like that just because I think for one, it's very important to kind of keep documentation of what you've done through music. Like even being on tour, it's like I keep a tour journal with me and try to write in it every day just to memorize the stuff. But it's, we're in the age of the internet where this stuff is very accessible. It's like, why not put something out on there for people to see? Because it's just, you know, like, uh, I'm trying to think of an example of growing up, but even like live DVDs. I'm sorry, there's a train going by me right now. That's it's really all good. loud. It's all good. Oh, we can hear it now. Shout out the yeah, train. <laughs> Shout out train. <laughs> it, it, it happens. It's all good. Um, Jesus Christ, that's a that's a loud train. Sorry about that. No, you're all good. But. Uh, you know, uh, watching a vlog series, it, it reminds me of, and this is kind of going like like a little old school. There's that band, uh, Hit the Lights. Uh, I'm, I'm sure you're familiar yeah, with them. Hit the Lights. Yeah. yeah. So th- when they lost their original singer, uh, I, th- I think his name's Colin, if I remember correctly. When they lost Colin, they were uh, doing like these like crazy studio updates on MySpace. They're like, hey, like we're trying to find a new singer. Uh, stay tuned and we'll reveal um, them on here. And it was like this ongoing thing. And I, I think. Uh, it was so brilliant because they they kept me on the hook right from like the yeah. the whole recording process of their album and then uh you know i fast forward to the last one where they're like all right it's time to reveal our new singer and it wasn't like anybody new to the band it was just their uh guitar player moved from playing guitar to vocals and you're like oh crap he's been here yeah. the whole time this is just some uh you know brilliant ad to, to to keep us hooked and to keep us looking forward to the next record which it totally worked uh it, it was awesome it was a fun series too to be able to see them you know, like, uh, I gotta check that out. That's so cool. Yeah. Uh, hopefully, uh, yeah, it, it should be up there somewhere. But yeah, they, they had this whole thing about it. And I thought that was just so awesome to, because obviously, like, I don't know them as people. Um, and I only get to see them here and there, you know, perform live. But to be able to see that side of them, I, I thought, like, it was just so cool. And I, f- I feel like another thing, too, is like, even just like podcasts like this, like, I'm a huge fan of, like, I've listened to your show a bunch. And like, well, I, I listen to more podcasts than music, to be honest with you. Like, I mm. feel like, that's such a huge thing for especially with hardcore bands where there's not as much like you can't look up 
a random band on Wikipedia or wherever you go to find information. It's like listening to a podcast. You can listen to an hour of somebody talking about their life and how they got into music. And that's such a important thing for learning about like what makes your favorite bands. Yeah. Yeah. And especially like, uh, those moments in time too because right like i try to cover like you know the history but then even like the the timely stuff like you know you and i talk about fya uh you know there's that train just like you know stuff like that just like the, <laughs> the, the, the stuff that we don't plan for I, I i think that's what makes podcasting fun and always so interesting because i've listened to so many uh you know uh, of the same podcast with like you know the, the same person but just like different episodes because it's like you never know what you're going to get and, and you know people's lives are always changing so it's always interesting for me uh to listen to the people that i'm interested in talk about anything 100 percent. like it's i can listen to that all the time like it's it's something that for me i never get bored of and uh there is that thing of like you know i have my podcast app or like i listen to a lot of them on spotify it's like i get the notification and i see like an episode of somebody that is you know is in a band i like and i'm like oh i have to, I have to go listen to that like i'm gonna go nerd out uh unfortunately i haven't been able to listen to too many podcasts on tour but i know when i get home that'll be something that i'm very looking forward to <laughs> for sure and, and that's a cool thing too because uh you know podcasts are always there like i trip out when i go and see uh, like an episode uh, that I've done like a year or even years ago that people are still tuning into. And I'm like, what the hell? Like who's listening to this like years later? Uh, but it's like people listen on their own time or people are still discovering what I'm doing. So I, I just think it's awesome just to have it out there for everybody to, to check out when they have time. 100%. That's the thing about the internet is like, you know, things stay up there and like, I'll find myself too, like going and listening to old podcasts of, you know, that I like, like I, I really like, uh, hundred words or less. And like, mm. I've found myself going and listening to episodes that came out like almost 10 years ago at this point, which is so crazy to me. But like, there's something about going back and listening to something like that, where I don't know, it, it still feels very uh, relevant to the moment. Yeah. I, I think my favorite episode of a uh, hundred words or less is the one that uh, uh, Jay Pepito from Brain Supreme was on that that oh uh, yeah that's a really good one yeah i yeah, love that I episode remember i heard that episode and again like that's a band i love um but i had never like heard him like speak on an interview before or anything mm -hmm. and like listening to that and just like hearing his whole journey of how he was like in blacklisted and then was in reign supreme and like just all this shit like and especially hearing about how reign supreme kind of fizzled out like there was something so real about that too where like i really appreciate the honesty people bring like that to platforms where they'll just put it all out there mm -hmm. yeah yeah and, and the, the, i think that's the best thing about these like long-form conversations is you really get to uh, you know hear someone and, and you know get, and can kind of uh, uh just get to know them on a more personal level versus just like a quick like you know two or five minute interview yeah for sure and, and the thing that i really appreciate about it is like the conversation can kind of go anywhere like we've already talked about so much tonight that like you know was just unprompted which is like one of my favorite things about it and one of my favorite things i love about listening to podcasts is just like finding out where it's gonna go and uh the derailing is one of my favorite things <laughs> and going back to the record I i'm curious about how uh you linked up with uh, patient zero records yeah so patient zero for anyone that doesn't know is based out of massachusetts and they reached out to us at the end of 2019 because they were signed, like they were putting out records for a lot of other bands. Like they did uh, 
that band Crafter, um, who are really good friends of ours. And they were just doing a lot of bands that we were playing with. And uh, Jerry, the owner, reached out to us, yeah, around like fall of 2019 and asked to do our next record, um, which is this one now. And that's how we linked up with them. And just since then, like he's done tapes for us. He's uh, he's also done some releases for some of my other projects as well. And uh, it's really cool because, I mean, it's such a, it's still a small label, but the amount of bands he's been able to put out and, and bands from all over the country too, you know, not just Massachusetts, like what he's doing over there is really awesome. And uh, we, uh, we should have vinyl coming out eventually uh it'll be a long time because vinyl pressing is just takes forever mm -hmm. and uh you know right now i think it's like a year until that can happen but i think we're gonna do that and maybe hopefully do some cassettes too because you know for me that's another important thing is just having the physical product of an album for sure and shout out uh, patient zero the, the, they've worked with my friends over uh from pensacola and burning strong Oh yeah, that's an awesome band. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's a super great band. Um, okay, I, and uh, as far as cassettes, do you have anybody in mind, or is, are things already in the works? We uh, right now we're trying to figure out stuff for vinyl, just because that's a little bit more of a priority. Mm -hmm. uh, we do have cassettes for to all my past friends, I believe, on our big cartel. Um, but I, I do think that's something we're going to plan on working with in the meantime, just because, like I said, vinyl at this rate, it takes a really long time to print and we want to have some sort of physical out for the new album, uh, before vinyl comes in. Okay. And I'm curious, uh, there's this promo, um, of the band and I can't tell if it's like a church or some sort of like castle. Oh yeah. Yeah. So that's, um, that was taken at, Oh, I forget the name of the cemetery, but it's in oh, Mount Auburn cemetery in, uh, Cambridge, Massachusetts. Um, it's a really cool cemetery just kind of, you know, in, in Cambridge. And there's a, there's a really big castle in the middle of that. So we, we took a lot of promos that day. We went to that cemetery and then we went on top of the, um, I forget the building that's in Boston, but there's the, this parking garage we stood on top of. That was really cool. Um, but yeah, that was actually another, so, uh, Jesse, his wife, Rachel, um, took those photos for us and the two of them came and presented the idea to do them at the, uh, the Matt Auburn cemetery. And, um, we just kind of spent the day in there doing that. And the, it was a very, very cool vibe. Shout out, uh, Dan Polo photography on Instagram. For sure. Uh, Shout out. Yeah, no, uh, cool pictures. And I, I'm definitely curious because, uh, you know, a, a couple of years ago I went on like this, uh, East coast, like Halloween trip and, uh, had this buddy that was with us and, uh, he was really obsessed with going to all these like older cemeteries and he had a bunch of things mapped out and like, uh, Salem and all these other places that we went and uh, we actually stayed in Cambridge. So I'm surprised that he didn't even know about that cemetery that you guys took those promos in. Yeah, it's, it's a pretty like big one around the area. I mean, if you want to scope out stuff like that, Salem is definitely the place to go. I mean, especially in the, the Halloween seasons, like that's a very, very uh, spooky place, if you will. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, it was interesting. I, I haven't been back since, but I, I would like to go back and check it out. Uh, you know, when we were there, we checked out like uh, some of the places that they shot, like Hocus Pocus, who's like, we're like huge, like yeah. Disney fans. So it, it was a good time, but I'm 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 uh, you know very surprised that he didn't know about that uh, cemetery in Cambridge. And Cambridge, a really nice place. I I you know really enjoyed our yeah. stay there. 
Cambridge is awesome. I live, I live in Alston, Mass. Now, which is you know right next to Cambridge, and that's like, I mean, I, I go to a bunch of shows in Cambridge, and it's a really, really cool part in the city. There's great record stores, great food, you know, great great venues. Like it's, uh, I mean, Boston definitely has like it's different areas, and a lot of it's changed, but I feel like Cambridge has stayed pretty consistent at least since I've been you know alive, and it's uh, mm. it's a really cool spot. And, uh, uh, you know, last thing on, on the record, uh, is there a, a planned record release show? Yeah. So, I mean, that's something we're working on right now. It's, um, it's a little difficult just because we're trying to figure out dates and there's a certain venue we want to do it at that, uh, has a lot of shows coming up and, uh, we were talking about it yesterday actually, but, um, there, there is a record release show that will happen. Um, we already have bands in it on it that we want to have play. And right now we're just trying to solidify a date and make sure we can get it when it makes sense. There's just, you know, a lot of us play in other bands and there's a lot of like moving parts and things, stars that have to align, but we will do a record release show. And, um, I'm very excited to do that because that's something that is kind of the next I guess milestone in the uh, the journey of this record is to be able to play these songs and uh, play the album in full, I suppose, and uh, for people to know the words. And I'm curious, will the record release show happen before the band sets out on a string of dates, or is it? Uh, yeah. Okay. That should be the. That's probably going to be the first show that we're going to do on because you know we've been uh we've been offered some stuff in the spring and i mean that could always change like mm -hmm. but right now we're kind of just singularly focused on getting the record release show set up because we really we did a record release show for to all my past friends that was a really uh special experience and i think that we want to celebrate this record the same way that that one was and you know do it at a venue we really like and get the the, the bands on it that we want to see and play with and make sure that uh we do it to our standard um same thing with like like i said like getting the record out like we want to make sure that we do it in a way that we're going to be happy with 100 percent, because I, I feel like you can only do a record release show once right so you gotta you know, 100%. <laughs> put yeah. all your effort into it and and try your best to to, to keep everything going the, the way that you want it to yeah it's uh it's definitely like the way i look at it is like a record release show is like i don't know i guess it's like a wedding in a way it's like a very very important day if you're a band and mm -hmm. we want to make sure that it's you know on the right day of the week and that there aren't other shows happening around it and, and those are some kind of some of the issues we've been running into lately with trying to book it and i mean the way that i look at it is we we put out to all my past friends in march of 2019 and then we did the record release in june so we can wait a little longer i think we'll probably end up doing it in may sometime but regardless like we want to make sure that it's done right and that uh everybody in the band is stoked on uh the means by which it's done okay oh yeah well that's uh you know great to hear i'm looking forward to seeing that announcement in the near future uh the the ep is awesome and i hope uh for anybody who's gotten this far uh you know i, I hope that they go and check it out if they haven't already nobody wants to be here uh, nobody wants to leave uh you know out now 
uh, but, but before we go, I, I just have a question about uh, Broken Vow. I can't remember sure. uh, which, uh, if, if I saw like a photo or a video of Broken Vow live, and I was like, huh, I was like, that bass player looks very different from when I saw them in Sweet Valley. So <laughs> I like reached out to some friends. And I'm like, who is that? And they're like, oh, that uh, Broken Vow got a new bass player. So I, I'm just curious, how uh, uh, did you get that opportunity to, to do that? Because I love Broken Vow. I'm a huge fan. I just saw Tommy. Uh, he was in town because he's on tour yeah, with Anxious I right now. Love Tommy. <laughs> yeah, uh, he, he Tommy's great. I I love Tommy so much. Uh, but I, I'm just curious, yeah, how you ended up there? Yeah. So basically, what happened was they had that tour in the Midwest with Space that was back in January, and um, Harrison, the guitarist, hit me up and was like, "Hey, do you know anybody that could play bass on this run?" I guess that they may have had a fill in for that tour, and something fell through, and I just told him, I was like, hey, I'll, I'll do it. Like, I'll get work off. Like, fuck it. Let's go on the road. So I, like, learned their songs in a couple days and then got work off and met up with them. And I had a, I had a fucking blast on that tour. Like, those playing with those guys was like, it just, there was something about it that we all gelled so quickly. And I really only knew Harrison mm-hmm. other than the rest of them. But, like, being with Evan and Tommy and Mon, who's, like, the sixth member of Broken Bow, like it was just really awesome to to be on the road with them. And then, you know, after that tour, like they were kind of having, you know, some complications with their bass player and it, nothing on bad terms or anything or that I can really speak about, but they offered me the position. And I think at that point I was already doing, they had a couple shows booked. Like we did a weekend down in Jersey and PA and I was like, fuck it, I'll, I'll join. I'll play with you guys. Like, I uh, I really like the music and I really there's something about the attitude that that band has that I haven't witnessed with many other bands before mm-hmm. and I just had such a blast with them on that tour of the space that I was like there's no way I can uh, not do this for a long time. Uh, shout out Evan, uh, you know Orange County yeah. resident. Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah, yeah. Uh, Evan's awesome. Uh, so I love Evan. Uh, yeah, shout out Evan. And, and you know, I, I'm uh, yeah, uh, jealous of you because you've got to see Spaced live. I support Space so much. Uh, that this, uh, hold on, Th- this hoodie right here, this yellow hoodie, this gold hoodie, that's a Spaced yeah. hoodie. I, I got some, some more Spaced merch uh, back there somewhere, but shout out uh, that whole band. I love Donnie, love Lexi. Donnie's uh, awesome. Yeah, Donnie's the man. They're the fucking best band ever. They they just played Massachusetts last night, and I was, I was really bummed I couldn't be there for mm-hmm. them, but seriously like that's a band that anybody listening to this like that hasn't checked out space like they're the next huge band like they're, they're actually playing the um newfound glory is doing like their uh like 20 year anniversary of six and stones and mm-hmm. the Worcester date they're doing this like whole festival and space is on it and that band's just the fucking coolest like everybody in it is so rad and they're they're doing something that like is so important for hardcore right now in my opinion Hundred percent. I've been banging that drum for so long. Like ever since I heard that demo, I was like, "This band, something about this band, people need to keep an eye on." And they just keep surprising me, right, with the the opportunities that they're getting, which is all well deserved. The the music's awesome. Yeah, I I have high hopes for them and hope that they just continue to do what they're doing because they're on a you know crazy path right now. Me, me too, man. Like they're just there's something that like getting to see them every night and play with them. Like I. I've been going to shows for a long time and I've, I've seen bands and it's, there's something that sticks out about a band when they're so unique like that. And, um, again, like kind of like on a similar note to turnstile, like I feel like space is a band that could 
have the potential to be a band like that one day. And um, they're so perfect. Like they, I hope to see them on every big tour, you know, for the next couple of years. Like they're, they're killing it. 100%. All right, Olin, this has been super awesome. But before we sign off, is there anything else you would like to say? Yeah, I would say, well, first of all, thank you very much for having me. This is super fun to do. Like I'm, like I said to you, I'm a huge fan of podcasts, so I, I appreciate you checking out the record and having me on. It means the world. I guess I'd say, you know, support bands from Massachusetts like Pummel, Adrian, Bloodside, Street Power. Support Spaced. Um, support this podcast. Fucking support your local scene. And uh, that's about all. All right. Well, thank you, everybody, for tuning in. We'll be back soon. Goodbye.